Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. How did Jesus show love to others? He showed love to others by teaching them, correcting them, encouraging them, disciplining them, fed them, he forgave them. And one day he died for them. The Bible says greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for others. See, you can talk the talk. You're going to walk the walk. Did you know that there are thousands of church splits every year? The reasons range from the silly to the serious, but the end result is hurt hearts and the figurative black eye for Jesus and the community. Jesus' prayer in John 17 makes it clear that this divisiveness isn't what he intends for his people. Pastor Mark will be teaching today about the basic problem in these situations. You'll find out what God wants from you. You'll discover the type of attitude you should be living with and how to get the strength to live that way. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Exodus chapter 20 as he continues his message, Obeying God's Commandments. you don't have Christ, you're clueless of how to do this world. You're clueless. And for sure, you're clueless about trying to get to heaven. But if I have these commandments, there's joy. Now, that's not said. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Say it with me. Joy. It's wonderful to come to church. It's exciting to come and hear God's word. And then... Well, how do I do this? And who do I marry? And what do I do about that lawsuit? And I'm getting laid off here. And what do I do with my home? And how can I, should I move here? I had an offer here. Should I do that? Or should all those things God speaks to you because he cares for you. Look at the next verse. Same kind of concept. Psalm 119, 32. David says, I run in the path of your commands for you set my heart free. You see, God didn't just leave us down here on earth. And then he goes like this. Okay, there's my commands. Have a nice life. Go ahead and try to keep them. Go ahead. They're miserable. I want you to be miserable till you get to heaven. No, Jesus said, everything the Father tells me to do, I do. I love obeying the Father. Pastor Mark, I can't do that. You're exactly right. But with the Holy Spirit, you can. And you can for the right reason. See, the Old Testament, people obeyed God because they had to. If that's the way you're living... I guarantee you, there is no joy in your walk with God. You've missed it. There's joy obeying God. The fullness of joy. 
Who wouldn't want to obey God's commandments? They're the only path. This is the only path to joy, fulfillment, and purpose. It's the only path. There's not an alternative. That's why it's the greatest selling book still today. But it can't be on the pages. It has to be in your heart. Number two, we measure our love for Jesus by following him. Mark 1.17 says, come, follow me. That word come and follow me is a command. Jesus wasn't walking by the seashore and he says to the disciples, hey, if you, you guys want to follow me, come on. If not, just stay there. It's cool. No, it was a command. They understood it as a command. And what does that word follow me mean? It means to walk the same road. That's why you know that here at Calvary Chapel, we don't use the word Christian too much. Because outside this building, the majority of people who say they're Christians, they don't have a clue. They're religious, but they don't know Jesus. So we say to people, are you following him right now? The same path. Are you following him? Well, how do you follow him? Well, you follow him according to his word. And he speaks to you through prayer. It's a daily relationship. You mean God, the God of the universe, will speak to me? Absolutely. By the way, he's speaking to you right now. That's what happens in our heart. This is not a dead book. This is a book that's alive. And God is speaking to you. Encouragement, correction, whatever's needed, he's speaking to us. It's all about commitment. Here at Calvary Chapel, we have five core commitments. This is one of them. You have to commit to be a growing follower of Jesus Christ. Commitment is an act of the will. That's when I find purpose and meaning. Now, some of you have not done that yet. You're religious. You haven't ever turned your life over. At the end of this service, you will have an opportunity to boldly proclaim your need of Jesus and join us because this is the life you want. Number three, we measure our love for Jesus by becoming, by becoming like him. The book of Romans says this, for God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son. See, God didn't just get you saved to become a follower and then you go off and do your own thing. No, he wanted, and understand this term I'm going to use, he wanted a billion little Jesuses on this earth. That's what salt and light was about. One day, the Jewish religious leaders were, and this is after Jesus had gone back to heaven, they were questioning a couple of the disciples of Jesus. And as they interviewed them, they made this statement. It was a negative statement to them, but a very positive statement. They said that, hey, those guys have been with Jesus. Yeah. Have you been with Jesus? What they were meaning was this. They'd been around with Jesus they were have such a relationship with Jesus, even though he was gone. Jesus rubbed off on them. Has he rubbed off on you? Well, what's that look like, Pastor Mark? You'll have the mind of Christ. You'll think like God. You'll have the ministry of Jesus. You'll be around all kinds of helping people, lost people. That would be your ministry. And you'll have the character of Jesus. 
In other words, that's what Jesus wants. A bunch of little Jesuses all over this world. And one of the greatest examples of that is simply 1 Corinthians. This is how the love of Jesus, you don't need to turn there. This is how the love of Jesus looked in action. Now let me see how you do with this one. 1 Corinthians 13. And the word love is this. It's love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. Whoa. I always read that with Jesus in there. Because he fit it perfect. When I need a little help, I read me. Listen to me on verse 5. Mark is not rude. Mark is not self-seeking. Mark is not easily angered. Mark keeps no record of wrongs. Don't look at me that way. (laughs) You put your name in there. Well, Pastor Mark, I did pretty good. Well, let me read this one to you. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never... It never fails. See, I'll never get there. I can climb till I'm dead. I'll never make it. But I'm striving there. That's where I'm going. You see, we haven't arrived. And so the first thing I have to do is love God and I obey his commandments. I follow him, which shows I do love him. And then I become like him. It's not just a following Jesus. I become like him. So people go, what's different with you? Where do you have that peace? And why do you have that joy? That's because Jesus, I'm walking with Jesus. He'll never leave me, never forsake me. It's a great walk. It's a great walk. I'll go back to chapter 22 of Matthew. That's not the end of the great commandment. Chapter 22, verse 39. First book in the New Testament, 22, verse 39. Jesus says the first one is to love God. Then he says this. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. To love God and to love one another. Well, who is my neighbor? The word neighbor simply means other people in general. It includes family, actual neighbors in the neighborhood, co-workers, fellow believers. Amazingly, it even includes our enemies. Let me get you off the hook here a little bit. Let me give you number four and then I'll explain it. We measure our love for Jesus by loving other people. You see, you can't say you're a Christ follower if you don't love other people. Here's the disclaimer. Jesus doesn't say you have to like everybody. Some people I don't like. How about you? I'm not looking at anybody specific. I'm just scanning. When you mention neighbor, any of you have a neighbor you don't particularly like? Let me see your hand. That's right. Just be honest. You know, the one that plays drums at 12 midnight, whatever. The one that has their great Dane that walks through your yard and deposits little joy things for you. (laughs) You know, but I I can't, I don't have to like him, but I have to what? I have to love him. See, there's a difference. Now, why does God get other people involved? Why can't I just love God? I love you, Lord. Just take me to heaven now. Well, no, because you have to love people. And people, really, we're not too lovable sometimes. Say yes. Say yes. yes. You know that, don't you? If you're married, definitely say yes. Yes. I heard this. I thought it was good. Jesus lived perfectly. He wasn't married. Okay, that's another teaching for another time. Okay. How did Jesus show love to others? 
He showed love to others by teaching them, correcting them, encouraging them, disciplining them, fed them, he forgave them. And one day he died for them. The Bible says, greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for others. See, you can talk the talk. You're going to walk the walk. In a few weeks, I'll be in a certain country. Can't tell you. Because of safety, as I said. But in that country, every day, Christian pastors are giving their life. See, it's not an ishy issue. It's not like, no, they're laying their life down. They're proving love. Now, God doesn't call all of us to do that. But there has to be this connecting to other people. They're risking their lives to be with other people. So this loving others brings up another C here at Calvary Chapel. Notice, it's connect to others. God gave us more than 50 commands in the Bible, all centered on one thing, that we'd be connected to one another. I'm going to read some of these, and I want to ask you, are you connected? How long have you been coming to this church? How long have you been coming and you're not connected? You don't know people here. You're not tied in with them. Yesterday, I had the opportunity. Pastor Dean and his crew had a great picnic for some of the people up in Vieira. We had a great park, and they barbecued and did all kind of neat things. And I got a chance to go up there, and they have about fourteen or 1,500 people in Vieira now. And they had 700, I guess, at the picnic. And I got to shake all these hands. And we were having fun together and barbecuing and whatever. And I remember the days we were really small here in Melbourne. And we could do that. But now on a weekend, we're six to 7,000 people every weekend. How can I do that? I'd love to do it. And then somebody before I left said, you ever thought about renting the stadium? (laughs) Pray for us. We're going to think about that. Wouldn't it be great to have a party with over 8,000 people? We'll barbecue till Jesus comes or whatever. You see, but you have to be around other people. We have so many ways for you to do it. Let me read these one another commands. Love one another, receive one another, greet one another, submit one another, serve one another, confess to one another, forgive one another, encourage one another. You practicing that? You're just living to yourself. You see, these commands can't be lived in isolation. Well, here's the negative ones. Don't devour one another. Don't irritate one another. Don't be jealous of another. Don't speak evil of another. Don't lie about another. Don't provoke one another. Don't judge one another. Amazing. When and where do you interact with other people in this church? If you don't, you're disobeying the commandments of God. And yet you say you love them. Get out of your comfort zone, find a small group, get plugged in, invite somebody over, somebody you don't even know, have a barbecue, enjoy their fellowship. You know, when Jesus walked this earth, he had a heartbeat, just like you do. But he had a spiritual heartbeat. His spiritual heartbeat, we find in Luke 19, it says this, for the Son of Man came to seek and save That which was lost. You see, if I'm going to be like Jesus, somewhere that heartbeat has to be part of my life. He didn't come just to disciple people. That was a big part of it. But he came to find the lost. He loved the lost. Lost people mattered to God. That brings us up our last point, number five. We measure our love for Jesus 
by obeying the great commission. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. Go down to verse 19. We measure our love for Jesus by obeying the great commission. Now, before Jesus went back to heaven, he gave us two commandments. And each commandment had a promise. Two commandments. And each commandment had a promise. Here it is. Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, speaking to his disciples, therefore go and make disciples, not just converts, but people that are committed to the Lord, people committed to the word, and make disciples of all nations. There's that, missions. How do I do that? Well, you baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This Saturday we have a baptism. That's a command from God. It's not salvation. Why do we, why do, we do it? Because Jesus commanded us to do it. So as a church, we're obeying that. You haven't been baptized? You need to be. You're disobeying the commands of God? Now, why would you do that? Just sign up on all three of our campuses. Join us. We'll have a wonderful time. But it's not only that. Notice. And teaching them to obey everything I have, what? Commanded you. So that's what we're doing right here. That's why we teach all the Bible. Because they're the words of God. So... The commandment there is, you go and you make disciples. You invite your neighbor. You get in a small group. You become like Jesus. You follow Jesus. You impact your world. That's how we grow. That's what's happening here on our campuses. Well, what's the promise? And surely I am with you always to the very end of this age. Jesus says, as you're doing this, my presence through the person of the Holy Spirit will always be with you. He said... In Hebrews, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. So as as you're going here, as you go out in the streets and the byways and whatever, as you go and mission trips and things all over, as our whole crew just went down to Haiti, who's with them? Jesus. To the person of the Holy Spirit. So that means there's another C involved. This C has to do with the Great Commission. It's not a suggestion. It's the commandment from God. We practice that here. Communicate the good news to everyone Everywhere. You see, sometimes the good news has bad news. The bad news is you'll never be good enough to go to heaven. The good news is it doesn't matter. Jesus was. All you have to do is believe on him. Outside this building, the world doesn't get that at all. Well, how are they going to know? They're not going to come into this church. You have to tell them in a loving way. That's how you found out. Somebody shared the good news with you, and that's what we simply do. Well, Pastor Mark, how am I going to do that? I'm kind of, I'm not really an outward kind of person. Well, turn to Acts chapter 1. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. Acts chapter 1, go down to verse 8. This is how. In verses 4 and 5, which we won't look at, Jesus says you can't go until you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't go until you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, once you receive it, watch what will happen. Verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And that will empower you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria to the ends of the earth. So the command is, before you go, get empowered. That's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's the Spirit-filled life. Then as I go... The promise is you will be empowered by the Holy Spirit and that will change the world. 
I'm going to say to you, not in a prideful way at all, because we're a church and we're just human. We're not a perfect church. There is none. But we believe in the power of the Spirit in this church. That's what changes people's lives. It isn't dry reading of the Word of God. It's the power of God that goes woo right to your heart. That comes from God. That doesn't come from me. It doesn't come from a nice little illustration, Pastor. Oh, I love your ladder today. <laughs> I give you the ladder to visualize what happens. But the Word of God is sharp. And that's because the power of God loves you. And it goes right into you. And it wants to change you. But it has to come from an act of your will. Now understand here, there's a difference between knowing about God and knowing God. One day, Nicodemus, a very religious Jewish ruler, he came to Jesus at night. Now Jesus knew all his life he'd been a keeper of the law. Not perfect, but he was very righteous. But he said to Jesus, um, you got to be coming from God. He did this at night. He didn't want the rest of the Jewish people to know he was there. He was part of the Sanhedrin. He says, you have to come from God because your teachings are amazing. And you would think Jesus, at the end of this conversation, would say something like this. Thank you, Nick, and uh, it's good that you come. Uh, how can I help you? Jesus doesn't do any of that. He says, you're amazing. You have to come from God. And Jesus says this to Nick. Uh, Nick? you got to be born again. As if he never heard anything he said. And Nick begins, like you and I would, born again? Can I go back into my mom's womb? What are you talking about? And Jesus said basically this, Nick, you've been on this ladder of good works your whole life. It'll never get you where you want to go. You have to be born again. Those words born again mean born from above. It means it's a spiritual thing that has to happen in your life. You won't get there. Now, Nick didn't get it initially. He went on back and forth. Eventually, we know he became born again. Because at the burial of Jesus, he was one of the two men that took Jesus' body away. But it took him a while to process it. But in that passage where he's talking with Nick, we find the most well-known verse in all the Bible. It goes like this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You've walked into this building today. One day you'll leave this earth. How are you going to get to heaven? How are you going to get there? Your good works? Your religion? You know me? I ain't gonna do you no good. How are you gonna get there? There's only one way to get there. You have to be born again. In today's teaching, you learn from Pastor Mark that the sure way to frustration is to try to be godly without God in your life. You were reminded that being a Christ follower is way more than just doing what God says to do. You were told that it's about a relationship between you and God and that the reason you obey him is because you get to, you want to. 
You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Well, this wraps up not only Pastor Mark's teaching, Obeying God's Commandments, but the series, 10 Living Words. We trust that this recounting of the Ten Commandments helped you get a better handle on what God originally intended for his followers. Hopefully, as you go forward in your relationship with God, the things you heard here will aid you in knowing God better. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a hurry.